Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. I shouldn't be blown away anymore. I've lived here in Wilmington for over 10 years, been a part of Wilmington Church of Christ for that same amount of time, and yet I am still blown away by the generosity of our church members to give when a need is present. A couple of weeks ago, we read, we brought back our blessing store. We weren't able to do it during 2020, but our blessing store is our, our church members bring in good, great items into our lobby. We set up a store for people in our community just to uh, give what they can, take what they need, so that they can have a Christmas at home uh, for some people who wouldn't otherwise have Christmas gifts under the tree. And our church responded in just in an incredible way uh, with so much stuff. And um, it, was a, it was a great store. And everything left over went to Habitat for Humanity so that other people could have what they need uh, when they need it at a a price where they can afford it, just as a way for our church to give our community a blessing. And then following the blessing store, we do what's called Christmas baskets. Our church is so good, we set up uh, these baskets to take home to people either in our church or connected to our church, just need a meal and food pick-me-up at Christmas time. And we gave away over 35 Uh, food baskets to families that are just loved by God and that we were able to love on with a blessing of food. And then last weekend, Jacob Blouse, our online minister, he said we ought to be able to respond as a church and maybe even as a community uh, to the victims and the displaced people of Kentucky who experienced uh, the tornado. And so just within a couple of days, he said, uh, he put out a Facebook post and an email and, and an advertisement, and he said, we are going to connect. Jacob Jacob did all of this. He was so good. He said, we're going to connect with Matthew 25 Ministries, who, who are connected to the people of Kentucky in need, and we're going to raise uh, winter clothing. We're going to bring in winter clothing. And he said, he said, our church building can be a hub for uh, the churches in our community, people in our community, our church, to be able to respond and just bring in coats and scarves and hats and gloves and any type of winter clothing to help the people in Kentucky who are in need. And um, we received in an abundance from our own church members. Our church members uh, got into their closets and brought out all these coats and hats and gloves. We had church members go to the store and they spent money on new coats, um, brought in people from our community. Other churches responded. You know, we are um, we are part of one church, the body of Christ and, and uh, other congregations in our community brought in clothes just so we could help people in uh, Kentucky who were in need. There was a church in Dayton who called Jacob and said, hey, we raised $9,000. We bought coats with that money, and we don't have a way to get it to the people in Kentucky, but we know that you have set up a, a connection through Matthew 25 Ministries. They said, can we bring our coats to Wilmington Church Christ so that they could be distributed? And Jacob said, yeah, bring them. And Jacob uh, loaded the church bus uh, top to bottom, front to back, and took a trip to uh, uh, Matthew 25 Ministries to drop off a, uh, a blessing of coats and hats. And then he had to do it again. Load the bus front to back, uh, top to bottom, and take the second trip. Matthew 25 Ministries said it was the single largest contribution they've ever received. 
um, in, a, in a time of need. And so thank you for being so generous. Thank you for blowing me away once again with your ability to bless somebody else w when they had a need. And that's kind of where we want to be as a church moving into 2022. We want to be a church and a people that give blessing. We want to be a, a people that everywhere we go, we're this, this constant movement of giving blessing to someone in need. I like, uh, I like how Randy Roper, Pastor Randy Roper, has this uh, great definition of, of blessing that I really like. It's to intentionally and freely give to someone what he or she needs. Now, we can do that with um, stuff like we did in the blessing store. We can do that with food like we did with our Christmas baskets, and we can even give it with uh, coats and scarves and hats like we were able to do through Matthew 25 Ministries. But there's another way to give a blessing, and one that I want us to start practicing uh, right now toward the end of the year and on into the beginning of next year, and that is to give a prayer blessing, very similar to the one given to uh, the people of Israel from God, to Moses, to the priest Aaron and his sons, so that they would be able to bless the people of Israel uh, through their prayer, through their intention, calling on the power of God to make a difference in their life. This blessing is found in Numbers chapter 6. If you could turn in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 6, it's in the Old Testament, or maybe you can open up in your uh, app on your phone, Numbers chapter 6. This is a blessing that probably, if you've ever been to uh, church uh, any type of consistency in your life, you might have heard this blessing. This is a blessing that a lot of times a, a priest uh, or a rabbi will give over his people. And it's a blessing from God. And it's a prayer, uh, not only of good intention, but of the power of God moving over somebody's life to give them what they need. Uh, I, I want to point out before I move forward that this is uh, a lesson that Dallas Willard taught often. And then John Ortberg took and began to uh, teach and explain what Dallas Willard had taught. And uh, I just really like it so much that we're going to use that lesson. We're going to look at some scripture, but the, uh, the main part of this teaching uh, is the interpretation from Dallas Willard that I just think is so valuable to us. We want to be able to give a blessing. We want to be able to look and see uh, where people are, where they are in their life, and what they would need from God to be fruitful in his kingdom, to be changed, to be more like Christ, to be blessed. And um, we want to give them what they need. Here is the passage from Numbers chapter 6. Here's, here's what it says in verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now, the NIV on verse 26 there, it doesn't say the Lord lift his countenance toward you. It says the Lord turn his face toward you. Um, but it, it's a good translation both ways. I've broken this prayer down into three sections. Three sections that will help us remember how we can go and make a prayerful blessing on our loved ones, on our friends, on our families. And even if, if you would be so changed to be like Christ. You could even say this prayer of blessing over your enemies. Broken into three sections. Uh, bless and keep is the first section. Face and grace is the second section. And presence and peace is the third section. And this is a way that we can continually be a blessing to others. First, bless and keep. The Lord bless you and keep you. I want to start immediately and, and point out 
that in each one of these sections, when it says the Lord, our God, our Father, it is using all capital letters for the word Lord. That is an indication to us that in the Hebrew, it is giving us the, the proper name of God, the name God gave us to know him by. It is, I am that I am, Yahweh. This is the name that God revealed himself to his people to let them know that he is God above all other gods. He is the creator and ruler over every spiritual being, over the earth and over us. He cannot be uh, bought. He cannot be moved from his agenda. He cannot be pushed around. He is God and master. He is greater than any other. He is more powerful and mighty. He is the God Almighty, and he is for us. God is good and faithful and able. He is for us. This is the name of the Father, Yahweh, or I am, that we call on to give this blessing. So we can actually pray this way. May Yahweh bless you and keep you. Or I am bless you and keep you. The first section, bless and keep. Bless is this idea of we want God to send constant good into someone's life, a constant good into someone's life. So when you pray this over someone, you are asking God in his power and his strength as a personal God who is faithful and good and able to bring constant good into someone's life. In Third uh, John chapter 1, there's only one chapter. Um, this is one of the best friends of Jesus, and he's writing to one of the congregations he's connected to. He says, Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. This is a constant good. It could be um, you're praying for someone to have good health or that their soul would get along well. Or maybe it's uh, you want to pray that someone has physical needs that can be met. In uh, Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he prays a blessing over a, a church in Corinth that they would have everything that they need physically-wise, materially-wise, uh, money-wise, so that they could turn around and give to someone who needs shelter or food or clothing. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This is kind of how our church is right now. We have enough blessing uh, collectively as a people that we don't lack food, we don't lack shelter, and we don't lack clothing. And so we were able to respond when that call came for there's some needs for people in our community just to have Christmas gifts under the tree. There's some needs for the people in our community and connected to our church and within our church. They just need food, a meal at Christmas time. And there's some needs for people outside our community in Kentucky. They need clothing, they need coats, they need winter clothes. And our church was able to respond because God has given us that good material blessing. But there's another blessing of good that God wants to bring us um, that carries over kind of like uh, symbolically from the Old Testament. In, in Jeremiah, you might have uh, heard this uh, blessing before, that God intends good for you. Well, in the New Testament, this, this good intention for us turns into uh, not only a physical blessing, but also a spiritual blessing that we would be changed into the character of Christ. In Romans chapter 8, it says, um, 
in Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. See, God wants what is good for us, but listen to what that good is. This is really important, and I think a lot of people miss this part of this verse. They, they take it out of context. God's greatest good for us is that we would take on the character of Christ. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Do you hear what God's purpose is for us in our life? The best good that we could be, the best blessing that we can become as a, as a people and as a church is to be like Jesus. If you want to pray a prayer over someone and you want to give them a blessing, please give them a blessing and a prayer for health or give them a blessing for their needs. And don't just pray for it. Go and respond in such a way that you meet their needs, whether it's food or shelter or clothing. But the ultimate prayer and the ultimate good that can be done for someone is that they would take on the character and nature of Jesus Christ. And that can only happen if they are born again into God's kingdom. If God does a special work inside their own heart and soul through the Holy Spirit. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, he said, uh, he, 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 he was one of the teachers of the law, and he says to Jesus, I, I want to know about the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, you can only have the kingdom of God. You can only be in God's presence if you are born again. If you want to pray for someone and give them a blessing, a constant good in their life, a desire for God to move in a powerful way, pray for their soul that they would be shaped, and conformed, molded, pressed into the image of Jesus Christ that they would become like him in his character, in his nature, that they would think like Jesus, that they would act like Jesus, and that they would speak like Jesus. This is the greatest blessing above health and above uh, physical needs that anyone could ever give. May God, I am, bless you, but may he also keep you. Bless and keep. Keep is protection, uh, guarding someone. I love to quote Dallas Willard here that, I, I love how he uh, operates under this protect and keep. He, he uh, says, and I'm going to probably mess up the quote a little bit, but he, he says that the, he desires and he prays over someone that the love of Christ poured out on the cross would guard and protect what is most sacred and precious about the person he's praying for. You know, Jesus Christ, he came to earth because he loves us. He left heaven left his glory that he was receiving in heaven, hid his uh, uh, power and might behind his humanity. He was God in the flesh to us. Uh, that's what we just celebrated at Christmas time, that Jesus, God, has really come to be with us. He left the glory in heaven, hid his glory behind his humanity uh, so that he could come and be with us and, and protect us. And the greatest protection he gave us is for the protection from God's wrath for sin that we have earned. When Jesus went to the cross as our Savior, he took our sin into his body, and then he absorbed God's wrath, the punishment for sin that God had been storing up since the beginning of time to pour out over all sinners. And instead of pouring that out on us, he poured that out onto Jesus. Jesus protected us. He guarded us. And now we get to give that same blessing to other people and we pray for God to send a protection and to guard whatever is sacred, whatever is precious about the people we love. In Genesis 48, there's this great prayer of blessing where, um, 
where Joseph brought his children to his dad, Jacob. And so the grandfather was going to bless his grandchildren. Joseph brought two sons, and he brought the oldest who was supposed to receive the right hand blessing. And he brought the youngest where he wanted Jacob to put his left hand blessing on. And when they came to Jacob, Jacob crossed his hands and he gave the youngest the right hand blessing and he gave the oldest the left hand blessing. But I want you to listen to the blessing he gave them. It was a, a blessing for, for protection, a blessing of identity, and a blessing of being fruitful. He said, May the God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walked faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly on the earth. He was calling for God who had been his shepherd to shepherd his own children, protect them. That's what a shepherd does. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He turns me around from paths that lead to death, and he puts me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jacob was praying a prayer of protection over his grandchildren. That God, the great shepherd, the I am, would also shepherd his sons and protect them. Then he said, I've had an angel protect me. Everywhere I go, I want that same angel to protect these boys. And then he gave them the gift of identity. He wanted them to be called children of God. And he wanted them to be fruitful. This was an incredible prayer of protection. To guard, to ask God to pour out his love, the same love that Jesus gives us on the cross, to guard what is most precious and sacred about his family, and it was his grandchildren. An incredible prayer. Who in your life needs a prayer of protection? I know that when my son drives to college, um, he travels up I-71 to Columbus, and then when he comes home, he comes out of Columbus, back down 71 to home, and uh, I-71's not always safe. And there's this uh, place coming out of Columbus that is just kind of difficult to navigate, especially at uh, any time during rush hour. And I always pray, that he would be protected by God physically as he uh, travels home. I pray for mechanical grace, that his car doesn't break down. I pray for angels of protection to uh, go before him and guard him on the left and right, in front and behind him physically, so that he would come home safe and return to school safe and then come home again. Who in your life needs a prayer of protection? Asking God to intervene as the good shepherd and sending his angel of protection. I think this is a fantastic prayer of protection. Who in your life needs a prayer of protection from evil? In um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul writes uh, these words as well. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. For not everyone has faith, but the Lord is faithful. And he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. There, Paul prays for faithful endurance, but he also prays for protection from evil. 
Who in your life needs protection from evil? This is the prayer that Jesus gave us to pray. Uh, Lord, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. See, I don't just pray for my children to have physical protection. I don't just pray for Christian to have uh, my oldest son to be protected as he drives, but I also pray that he's protected from evil. Who in your life needs to be protected from evil? Would you pray that prayer over them right now before we even continue, that God would protect them from evil, from the evil one, that he would lead them not into temptation, but would deliver them? You know, I am not strong enough myself to fight off temptation. Uh, if I encounter temptation, God says he'll give me a way to escape. He'll give me a way out. But I'd rather not even be faced with that temptation because I'm just not strong enough in my own being to fight temptation. I want God to intervene in such a way that he leads me away from temptation. The scripture says if we would uh, tell the devil get, to get away from us, he will flee from us because he who is within us is stronger than he who is within the world. But I don't even want the devil to come around. I want God to protect me from the evil one. When we pray, may the Lord keep bless you and keep you, that keep part is a, is a prayer of protection to guard us. Who in your life needs that prayer right now? Why don't we go ahead and pray over a loved one, a family member, a friend, that God would protect them from the evil one right now? You can take a minute and pray for them. There's somebody in your mind I know that you're thinking of. Lord, I ask that same prayer of Jesus, that you would lead us not into temptation, but you would deliver us from the evil one. That God, you would be the shepherd, not only of our souls, but physical, but physically protect us like the good shepherd you are. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And the second part of this prayer, may I am bless you and keep you, is may I am make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. I, I love how Dallas Willard teaches about what it means for God's face to shine on us too. He said, it's, if you can imagine, it's kind of like a grandparent beaming with love, a face beaming, shining with love at a beloved grandchild. I, I know my parents love to watch my children. I know my wife's parents love to watch my children. They love to just look at them and to watch them uh, learn and watch them grow and watch them become the people of God they're supposed to be. We ought to imagine in our minds how God would look at us and with a beaming, shining face, look at us with love. It's no wonder that God looks at us with love because he created us. In Psalm uh, 139, Let's see if I can turn to Psalm 139. In Psalm 139, it tells us that God created us. You know, he created, here's what it says. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God formed us, created us, even before we were born. In our mother's womb, he was uh, knitting us together, the scripture says. It's some mystery how God 
makes us grow into a, uh, and then helps us be born. And then he's got a plan for us for our, our entire life. He looks at us with love because we were created by him. We are his children. And he has this desire in his heart that we would grow up to be the people he intends us to be that align ourselves with his plan for us. And as he looks at us, his face just beams at us. I have a picture of my daughter here. Um, and when I see my daughter, this is who, I mean, I'm, I'm partial, but I think she is one of the most beautiful children ever. I just think she's beautiful. When I look at her, I beam because I love her so much. When I look at her, I see all that she, all the potential she has to become a woman of God. And I look at this joy in her face and I see what God is doing in her life and I just love her. Now, this is a picture of my daughter, kind of how I see her. But this is a picture that is more closely resemble who she is now. She's a surly teenager. She's 15. She is so looking forward to being able to drive. She's already saying, hey, can I practice driving? Can I practice driving now? And this picture uh, is more like um, kind of the attitude that she sees me with. Arms crossed, no smile. That is my daughter now. And you know what? I beam at her. I just love her so much. This is how God looks at us uh, about the people that we are and the people whom we can become because we are his children. You know, for our children, we envision a future where they become their best selves. When God shines his face on us, it's like he is picturing us, how he created us in our mother's womb, and he ordained the days of our life and he is shining his face on us, envisioning what we can become in him. We need to pray this prayer over our loved ones, over our family, over our friends, and even over our enemies, that God would shine his face on them, envisioning a future on who they can become in him. They are still created by God. They are his children, and we want what is best for them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he shine his face on you and be gracious to you. Gracious is just a, a gift that we don't deserve that is given to us. Ultimately, God gives us the gift of Jesus. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 explains it this way. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, before we knew God, before we loved God, while we were so far from God, God sent Jesus to die in our place. This demonstrates God's love for us in the most incredible way. It is the greatest way. If God never gives us any other gift than what he gives us in Christ, he has already given us a gift that reveals his love to us. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Verse 9 and 10, he explains uh, the same. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, 
who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to life, to light through the gospel. This was grace. It was a gift. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We can't earn it now. It is just given to us. Our call and our action is to accept the gift that God has given us. He has given us a gift. We need to pray this blessing over others that God would be gracious to them too, that he would open their eyes to their own sin, that he would convict them of their sin and open their eyes to the beauty and glory of Jesus Christ so that they could turn to be to Jesus and be saved as well. When we pray this prayer of blessing over someone else, this prayer of graciousness from God, we want God to intervene in someone's life in a gift. It's the same type of gifts that parents give their children, that grandparents give their grandchildren when they are loved. They just give them a gift, something they don't deserve, something they can't earn, just because they are loved. You know, we have been given lots of gifts by God. There's all sorts of studies that if we can count our blessings and be grateful, it changes us from the inside out, and, and that's just another gift of God's grace. But the reason why we are given these gifts that we don't deserve, the reason why we are given all these reasons to be grateful to what God is doing in our life, the reason, the very reason we have breath in our bodies and are alive today is so that we can go and be gracious to others like God has been gracious to us. Peter, one of Jesus, another one of Jesus' best friends, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, he explains it this way. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You've been given God's grace, and now you're supposed to manage those gifts in such a way that you can go and gift somebody else. I don't know who needs the prayer of God's grace over their lives that you know. But we should pray that prayer. And as we pray that prayer, that God would be gracious to them, God will open up our eyes and reveal what needs they have that we can then take the gifts that we've been given and give them intentionally and freely so that they can have what they need. This prayer of blessing, where we are blessed to bless others, it not only changes other people, it will change us as well. May I am bless you and keep you. May his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the third section, may God lift his countenance toward you and give you peace. Now, my NIV, I like it better because I kind of understand this a little bit better than continents. But it says, the Lord turn his face toward you. This is presence and peace. We want to have God with us. We want to have him with us so that we will know his presence and be comforted. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is a promise from God to us that he will never leave us or forsake us. We want to feel God's presence. In Matthew 28, Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, he says, the the Spirit is going to come and be with you. And so he makes this promise in Matthew 28, I will be with you always 
to the very end of the age. Jesus is here with us right now. He is here in our midst. He is present with us. And that means he'll be present with us through our entire life. He'll be present with us at death. We won't have to face death alone. He'll be present with us on the other side of death, ready to welcome us into heaven. And he never leaves our side. Dallas Willard taught that he was wondering that after he died, if he would be aware that he was even dead for a few moments because our conscience lives on in Christ. So when these bodies pass, we're still aware. We're still alive. And so Dallas thought, I wonder if I'm even going to know I'm dead for a couple of minutes, but I think we'll know because we will see Christ face to face like we've never seen him before. We've seen him now by faith, and then we will see him face to face, and we'll be changed to be like him. I think we'll know because we'll be uh, present with the Lord and we'll be aware of his presence. Right now, we get to pray that God would make his presence known to others, that he would lift his countenance toward them, that he would turn his face toward them to let them know that he is with them. A lot of times when we get to pray for people who have lost loved ones, we pray that God would comfort them with his presence, that he, that he would allow them to feel his arms wrapped around them, holding them tight, letting them know he is there with them. I bet that you have someone in your life that needs to feel the presence of God. This is a great prayer of blessing that you can pray over them, that God would let them know he is there with them that he would comfort them with his presence. And that will lead to peace. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, My peace I leave you. Jesus gives us this peace in our heart where our souls, our hearts, will be unthreatened and undisturbed because we have this relationship with Christ. That is the greatest peace we can offer to anyone to help them also be at peace with God through Jesus Christ. Now, we can pray for this peace over someone, that their heart would be undisturbed, their mind would be unworried, that, their, um, that they would feel unthreatened, that their soul would be at ease. Not that they would be lazy, not that they would uh, have everything, um, every material blessing, but they would have peace in all circumstances, that they would have joy that couldn't be taken away from them. We can pray that for them. But the greatest gift of peace that we can give them is that they would know Jesus Christ themselves. This is where we are called uh, so fully by God to move. We have to tell people about how Jesus has come to save us. We have to give them God's story that he created us, we rebelled against him, and that he still sent a Savior so that we could be rescued from our sin, our iniquity, our transgressions, our rebellion, and be saved and be at peace with him once again. We have to tell them what Jesus has done in our life. We have to give them our testimony about how Jesus is changing us and bringing peace into our life through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we can really dwell in the presence and power of God right now here on earth, that we can take his kingdom wherever we go and we can be people of blessing. We have to tell them that testimony so that they would desire to be with Jesus too. That the, so that the Holy Spirit could open their eyes to the beauty of what Jesus has to offer. And then, and only then, when they accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, will they be able to truly experience peace. Have you truly experienced peace before? 
if you've never acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord of the universe and even Lord over your own life, the scripture says that you can acknowledge him as Lord and Savior, that you can believe with all of your heart and you will be saved. I don't know if you have given your life to Christ yet, that you have submitted your will to him, but it's the only way to experience this peace of God. And if you have already submitted your life to Christ, if you are a child of God, where you know his face is shining on you, you where you know that his presence is really in your life, would you go and share that with somebody before the week is over, before the day is over? Just tell them about God's story and what he's done for you. And just watch how God will move in that other person's life to bring about life-saving peace through Jesus Christ. Well, this is a blessing from God to us. The Lord, I am, Yahweh, would bless you and keep you. The Lord, I am, Yahweh, would make his face beam at you with love because you are a child of God and would be gracious to you. The Lord, God, our Father, I am, Yahweh, would lift his countenance toward you. You would feel his presence and that he would give you peace for your soul. There's the first call to action is for you to memorize this prayer of blessing so that you can go and use it for others. Second call to action right now is that we would respond and remember this blessing that God has given us in Jesus Christ, where he has given us all good things in Jesus, where he protects us through Jesus, where he shines his face on us through Jesus, where he is gracious to us through Jesus, and where he um, lets our, his presence be known and gives us peace through Jesus. We respond by participating in communion and by remembering what he has done. There's this uh, great scene in the Old Testament Exodus where Moses and the elders of Israel, they go up on the mountain and they have a meal with God and they see God's face. Then he gives them this weird command. He said, three times a year, you're supposed to look on the face of the Lord. And then as they moved into the promised land and established the city, they had three festivals. They were supposed to return to Jerusalem and then look at the face of God. But it's so weird because I don't understand that command. I've never understood that command because no one can look at God and he's too overwhelming and no one can see his face. And yet the, the priests of God, they had in the middle of the holy place, the holy of holies, and then in the holy place, they had the table, they had the lamp, they had the altar of incense. On that table, they kept bread and they called it showbread or the bread of face. And this is a strange thing in history. It's not recorded in our Bible, but it is recorded in tradition that the Jewish people, when they would go to the festivals, the priests would pick that table up they would take it outside of the holy place. It's the only object from the holy place that they would bring and show the people. And when they would take the bread up and they would hold it up and they would say, look on the face of God, the show bread, the face bread. When Jesus met with his disciples, he took his bread and he held it up and he said, this is my body given for you. I think this is a beautiful way for us to, by faith, look at the face of God, to see the body of Christ given for us. The scripture says that when we remember 
Jesus through this memorial meal of bread and the cup. When we participate in this bread, we're really participating in his body. What a beautiful reminder that God has blessed us with all things good through Jesus Christ. That he has blessed us with protection because of what Jesus did on the cross. That his face shines on us because he has given his son a gift that we do not deserve and never can earn. And we're reminded that he is with us and gives us peace. Would you participate in the body? Lord, we thank you for this blessing that we remember your body broken on the cross, absorbing our sin, and taking the wrath of God in our place so that we could be blessed with your forgiveness and love, with eternal life, with a new home, a new body. Thank you, Jesus, for this reminder. Now, would you take your cup? Jesus says it's a cup of the new covenant poured out in his blood. When we remember the blood of Christ, that it was poured over our souls, making us holy, forgiven, washing our sins away. Would you remember what Jesus has done for you, this gift that we do not deserve, this blessing by participating in the cup, thereby participating in his blood? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this blessing that we can even remember that we are forgiven. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Your call to action to memorize Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26 is the prayer of blessing so that you can go and start giving that blessing to others as you pray for them. My prayer for you is that God would open your eyes to what they really need. As you pray this blessing over them, that God would meet their needs, that your eyes would be open to a need they have, and then you would intentionally and freely give them. Give someone what he or she needs so that they can know a blessing of God as well, so that they could potentially turn to Christ and be saved, all because you're on the lookout to be able to give someone what they need through Christ. Would you, um, over the next couple of weeks, as you give this blessing, and as you prepare for the next year, you make your New Year's resolution, all this, as you give people these blessings and this prayer blessing, and as you start meeting needs, will you write in to our church? Would you fill out in the comment section or send me a text or send us an email how you have been praying a prayer of blessing over people so that we can pray for your loved ones and your family as well so that we can ask God to intervene in such a beautiful way as this blessing. And then let us know how God is changing their lives, what he's doing in their lives to bring them to Christ. We want to celebrate with you. Just like we celebrated when we were able to do the blessing store, just like we celebrated when we were able to give food baskets, just like we celebrated when we were able to give coats, we want to celebrate how God is blessing people through you. Let us know how you are being the church and giving a blessing. Memorize this scripture, give that blessing, and then let us know how God is working through you. 
Until next time, I'll see you soon. Thanks again for joining us. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to, or maybe you just need more information about our church, please visit us online at wcconline.org connect. Fill out that connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining, and we will see you back here next time.